The Washington football team is our NFC East champions. They take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Saturday. What is going on in the Eagles nest? All that and more coming up on the Average Sports Guys podcast. You're listening to the Average Sports Guys podcast with Eddie and Marcus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Yo, yo. Today is Wednesday, January 6th. The year is 2021. Facts. I got to get used to saying that, bro. 2021. Right. Yeah. I'm sure I'll still be putting uh, 2020 on certain documents and yeah. and all that type of stuff, at least for a little while. Happens to me every single year. Um, but before we get into the show, man, how was your new year? Uh, I think it went pretty well. You know, hung out, watched the ball drop, you know, in a safe location. Um, I wasn't out in these streets. Um, I did watch the ball drop and some of the various performances that were on TV, which were, in my opinion, subpar. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was boring. Shout out to Cindy Lauper for totally butchering that song of hers. But it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I saw multiple texts and tweets about that. I'm happy I didn't see it live. <laughs> um, we kind of got bored watching, you know, the standard... Um, Times Square type of stuff because it just didn't have the same feel, right? It so, really didn't. Yeah, so we ended up up just watching uh, some movies and and things like that. That's and then what's up. I, I was checking online just to see if I missed anything, and then apparently there was that thing with Cindy Lauper. So crazy, uh, but that's good, man. Happy you were safe. Um, not out in the streets. Nothing nah. really good on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, middle of the night type thing. Nope. Um. Yeah, I just stayed home. Like I said, we just watched movies, had some snacks. Snacks always a good time for snacks for sure. Um. So this is episode fifty-five. Uh, cinquenta y cinco. That's right. Um. Man, we have a lot to get to, Bruh. Uh. Let's before we get into washington eagles mm. let's go ahead and go over those predictions um that we had so we just picked a few games yep. uh, like we've been doing the last like several weeks and we'll keep tally of who got what right and what wrong and who won for the week as far as between myself eddie and then marcus uh first game up was dolphins bills um you picked Bills. I picked Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Bills won 56 to 26, so it's a point for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of that game, but I saw, I think Tua had some turnovers. He did. And he just didn't look that solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I clearly am not giving up on that kid. I still think he's no. fun to watch. For sure. Um, I... I think I think he'll do better second year in the system. He'll you know hopefully have a full off season. Mm-hmm. You know hopefully with the COVID stuff they're still able to get in um, OTAs, mini camps, and then an actual training camp. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I haven't given up on him. But if you were to just tune in and that was a, your first time watching Tua, you wouldn't think he was anything special. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, Bills fifty six, Dolphins twenty six. Bills have had a hell of a year. Marcus got a point there. The next game up we had Steelers Browns. We both picked Browns. The Browns did end up winning 24 to 22. Mm-hmm. Steelers rested Ben Roethlisberger and a few other players. Right. But that ended up turning out to be a decent game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost feel like that one should have been flexed. 
instead right. of ours. Right. Uh, but we'll get into that later. Uh, let's see. Next up, we had Washington and Philadelphia. This final score, that one was 20 to 14. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Marcus picked uh, Philadelphia. I picked Washington. So we both get a point there. Marcus is in a lead, three to two. Uh, next up was Giants Cowboys. That was even a better, more entertaining game than the Washington Eagles game. It was. Final score in that one Giants 23, Cowboys 19. We picked. Marcus picked the Giants. I picked the Cowboys. Mm. So you get a point there. Cowboys let me down. No surprise, right? No. Uh, and then the final game that we we gave our predictions for was Cardinals Rams. Mm-hmm. Final score of that one Rams 18, Cardinals 7. Marcus picked Cardinals. I picked Cardinals. So Marcus wins that week, rounding it out with four correct picks to my two. Um, man, okay. Let's go ahead and let's just unpack this final game, week 17, <laughs> uh, for Washington and Philadelphia. So Washington traveled to Philadelphia to the link and pretty much they control their own destiny, right? They yep. win and they're in. No harm, no foul. Philadelphia wasn't playing for anything um, as far as record-wise. They were already mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Right. So for them, it was either let's just get out of this game alive, no injuries, let's play for pride, spoilers, let's, you know, not win so we can keep our draft stock, like, you know, draft pick selection like where it is or whatever. So they had, you know, whatever they decided was their motivation to play that game. That's what they were playing for. But league wise, they were playing for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the game started out fine for Washington as far as the opening drive. So Washington finally scored on an opening drive we were the only team in the league to not score any points on opening drive Mm -hmm. uh this year which was embarrassing Uh, so it was good to see they went i want to say it was like 91 or 92 yards um alex smith's stat line 22 for 32 162 yards two touchdowns two interceptions Mm -hmm. uh gibson did have 19 carries for 75 yards we could not really establish the run and get into like a good rhythm so they were just kind of inconsistent there i would have liked to have seen something better but philadelphia statistically and notoriously has a good run defense i'm not telling you anything you don't know Mm -hmm. um or any of the philly listeners so i kind of figured There would be issues there. Um, Terry McLaurin did catch a touchdown. I was happy to see that. And so did Logan Thomas. That one to Logan Thomas. The Moss situation was crazy. I mean, that was a hell of a throw by Alex, but what a catch uh, by Logan Thomas, who has really blossomed and turned into a better tight end than I gave him credit for. When we signed him, I just was like, we couldn't have done any better than that. Right. You know. um, He showed up. Yeah. Uh, I I think Washington was targeting like Austin Hooper or something. I've made mention of that on this podcast before. It didn't work out. So, again, the Logan Thomas thing was just – I was just in my mind thinking like, oh, here's these leftovers. You know, former quarterback, Virginia Tech guy, drafted by Arizona Cardinals, changed positions, you know, want, want, want. But he's actually had a good season for us. For sure. And this dude definitely uh, is a part of the Air Alert clan. I don't know if anybody remembers those workouts from back in the day, back in (laughs) high school, where, you know, you get your hops up because this man was a problem that game. Yeah, man. Yeah, he got up. Uh, So that was was good to see. Um, Overall, 
So, so defense, right? I'll just quickly touch on G- defense. So, uh, Jer- safeties, Jeremy Reeves and Cam Curl both had interceptions. Montez Sweat and Chase Young both had sacks. Uh, defense only gave up 216 total yards and 14 points. Uh, those right. 14 points came off of um, Jalen Hurts rushing for touchdowns. Yep. Um, we still struggle a little bit against mobile quarterbacks. They weren't playing, in my opinion, disciplined at times. And I think Ron Rivera alluded to it, and I was listening to one of his press conferences, and he was saying, yes, of course, he's clearly happy we won the division. But going back and, and, and looking at it, more sort of, excuse me, more towards the middle of the game, which is kind of where I saw it, they were just kind of playing lackadaisical at times and um, just not playing sound. And for lack of better terms, or just to quote the coach, said it pissed him off. And it did the same to me because you keep playing like that, you're going to get torched. Right. Um, so that kind of upset me. Uh, just, again, not not playing gap sound. I, I, I kind of felt like linebackers weren't plugging holes at times. Um, but like I said, I'm not going to take too much away from them. I thought they played pretty good. They ended the season ranked as a number two overall defense. That's a big deal. Behind the Rams. That's a really big deal. Yeah. So shout out to that whole defensive coaching staff, mm-hmm. Bug Rivera, for coming on the show, defensive quality control coach for the team. Shout out. Uh, we'll try to get him on today. Schedules didn't work out for obvious reasons. I mean, those guys are getting ready to play Tampa Bay on Saturday. Yeah, get that uh, tape in. But, you know, I still put the request out, see if he could jump on. But, but either way, no, shout out to that that whole coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball for sure, Del Rio and, mm. and, and those guys there. So, yeah, I mean, we haven't finished second-ranked defense, I think, since the 60s. Wow. Yeah, and I believe we ended the season with like 47 sacks, somewhere around there, which we haven't done since 91. Right. Um, That's what's up. Yeah. So uh, Washington has a lot to really – I guess look forward to and, and to be proud of. Clearly, record-wise, right, finishing seven and nine, it's a below five hundred record. But we were three and thirteen the year before. The culture clearly sucked. You see the change now. Um, Ron Rivera and that coaching staff has those guys playing inspired. It, it it clearly helps to have a guy like Chase Young, right? I, I kind of feel like he's the catalyst, especially on the defense. Just get those guys going and energized. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, final score was 20 to 14. It just didn't feel like a, like an electric win, if that makes sense, because clearly, and, and Marcus is going to get into this in a minute, and I'm about to be his hype man, but the Eagles, Doug Peterson, made coaching decisions that made people around the league and just the fans and, and, and all that uh, scratch their head, right? Um it appeared as if he was tanking. He took out Jalen Hurts and put in uh, Nate Sudfeld, and so it, it just it just had a just a raw vibe for me. It, it just was weird. But um, why don't you go ahead and start unpacking some of that stuff, Marcus? Yeah. So this touted you know organization from top to bottom um, since Dougie got there um, was completely dismantled through the course of three hours within this game. Um, I knew that we had issues with, you know, things leaking out the locker room between players, you know, people questioning Howie Roseman's decisions and his drafting ability. Um, Jeff Lurie looked uh, looked dejected throughout the entire season um, at games. Like he was just, you can tell he was frustrated Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Peterson making questionable play calls. That front office is a hot mess. 
Um, but I'll get into that a little bit later. So just to not go back over the game, I mean, a few highlights. Um, JJ had like a few catches, which was something that I didn't see coming, but I obviously should, I obviously should have because of the fact that everybody that was a starter that was worth noting didn't play. Deshaun Jackson out. Carson Wentz mm-hmm. out. Um, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, Miles Sanders. Jaquette. I'm glad he was out. Uh, Jordan Mailata. Richard Rodgers. Dallas Goddard. Uh, Fletcher Cox and Derek Barnett. All those guys were sitting. So, at the just before the game even started, okay, I went into this game thinking, okay, talent evaluation, right? Like, okay, we're going to see what we have, you know, in our reserves, see what these guys can do, see if we can mm-hmm. bring them back next year, you know, coach them up, build them up, and hopefully they can make the active, uh, the active roster for some reason. I was fine with that. Um, Jalen Hurts, you know, he didn't have a stellar game. This dude was 7 for 20 for 72 yards. Right, game. yeah. The only reason we were able to put up 14 points was because of the run game. And because of the fact that, like, you guys weren't, weren't you already said this, you guys weren't gap sound and you let this guy run a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just jumping ahead into the third quarter, and this is where it all started going downhill, right? Yeah. Doug Peterson decided to go for a field goal when we were inside the red zone in the third quarter and decided to go for it on fourth with the number two ranked defense and not Miles Sanders with Boston Scott. I love the I love the guy, but when you're when that when you're facing a front four like that, you're either throwing or you're taking the points. In my opinion, I would have taken the points at that point because it was still a close game. It was a close game. We would have tied it. Mm-hmm. So why not take the points? Trust your defense because we were hitting Alec. We were hitting Alex Smith. Yeah. Um. Yeah, even if you were jumping off sides to do it. Right. Like what you happened several times. <laughs> like, <laughs> We'll get into that in a little right. bit too. So it's not like we weren't in the game for the majority of the game because we were. It was just Doug Peterson making questionable decisions. But even at that point, I was like, even though I yelled at the TV and I said, take the points, I was like, all right, well, that, that, that's Dougie being Dougie. But then it got worse. This dude going into the fourth quarter puts in Nate Sudfeld. That's when I lost it, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you – like. Even Nate Sudfeld kind of had this vibe to him going out on the field. Like, did he really just call my number? Like, I'm going into the game. Like, I, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, like okay. Um, so he went into this game, dude, through interceptions, getting sacked all over the place. It was a shame. And you can tell by the body language of the players on the field on both sides of the ball, the game was over. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they knew it. Like, they, they were pissed. Well, yeah, because you could see um, Kelsey on the sidelines and some of those other offensive linemen. They just kind of looked – Looked confused. They were confused. Even, and that can lead into my next point. So Jason Kelsey, you know, he went and approached Doug Peterson was like. Yeah, I heard that. Like, dude, like, this is putting us in the best position to win. Mind you, like we said before, Jalen Hurts wasn't having a perfect game. But in the end, he was the best quarterback at the time, in my opinion, based on what he can do with his legs to win us the game. So everybody, um, including Giants Nation, um, was very upset. Um, Joe Judge went off um, in the post, in the in the in the in the post game and all that. And just to honestly think about this whole thing, um, what bugs me the most is the fact that I get the idea behind tanking, but what bugs me the most is when you're sacrificing 
the trust of the players that are on that field that go to work every day, busting mm-hmm. their butts to produce and to win the game. Because at the end of the day, yes, you're not technically, quote unquote, playing for anything. But some of these guys are playing for their next job. Some of these guys are playing for like personal stat accomplishments that they've been working on all school, all, all um, I was to say all school year, all, all, uh, all season. Um, and for Doug Peterson after the Super Bowl to put out a book called Fearless and take the most cowardly route out of the season bothered the crap out of me. So I'll interject there, right? So I'm not saying I disagree. Mm-hmm. However, after the game, I think there was a lot of emotion um, from everybody. I would say league-wide, right. former players, current players, fans, especially from the Giants, uh, especially from the Eagles. I think the way they went about it, it optically, I think it looked bad. Real but bad. and and we'll so we'll just go ahead and get into this. So uh, we we did have a fan question. Just because we're talking about it, I'll go ahead and read this one. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Trung asked about what pretty much like what's the difference between like Jalen Hurts being benched during the game and Josh Allen being benched during the Bills game and then Deshaun Watson playing the whole game basically no uh, those three teams had nothing to play for right because the Texans were mathematically eliminated Uh, the Bills have already made it and the Eagles had been mathematically eliminated. So that actually made me think. Then I was listening to my buddy Kyle on uh, the Burgundy Zone podcast, which I, I did a feature mm-hmm. with them a couple weeks ago. Shout out to those guys. And he actually made a good point where I think it looked like at first, like, what are you doing? It's like you're tanking. But and then made reference to, well, what about the Steelers? Right. Ben right. Roethlisberger didn't play. And, you know, also brought it back to the game and said, well, Dougie P went for it on fourth down. Like if he's tanking, why would he do that? So I, I kind of am somewhere in the middle. I feel like, yes, there clearly was um, some tanking in, in action like that we got to see. Um, but then I also think back to optics. I think he went for it on fourth because that's typically what he would do. Mm-hmm. Um he did certain things to make it appear that he wasn't throwing the game, you know, like if, if that makes sense. So it's like, I'm, I'm on the fence. Like I've heard several opinions one way or the other. Um, but it just was a bad look. And he, I'm glad you said that. Cause here's my next point. I don't think Doug Peterson puts suds into the game without clearing it with that front office first. And I think that also leads yeah. into the, uh, that leads into the situation that happened prior to the game, because I don't know if you remember, um, Jim Schwartz actually when in his press, conference, <laughs> I always laugh when you say that <laughs> Jim Schwartz, I call him Jim Schwartz, but the week prior to the game, after that previous loss, he said, you know what, we're going to have a no hot policy right out here in Philly. And then yep. right after that, you started hearing about inactives and all this other stuff. So that made my mind trigger. Okay. Well, there must've been a meeting where they were going over the strategy, like just like leadership and, 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 and the coaching staff. Um, in the front office as to what was going to happen during this game. And right after that, randomly, Jim uh, Jim Schwartz was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and retire. That was a red flag and a half to me, like right before the last game. So I'm like, either he's really done or something is going to happen. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot going on. Clearly, we'll never know the true answer, right? Right. But I think 
again, if we're just sticking to the idea that the Eagles threw the game. Right. Jim Jim Schwartz. See, you got me about to say Jim Schwartz. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it came out the whole no no hat game or, or, or whatever. Right. Um, so listening to that, you're thinking, okay, the Eagles are about to play spoiler. They're right. going to do everything they can. Then you see the inactives come out. Nothing really alarming, right? You're thinking, okay, Deshaun Jackson, we're just keeping him healthy. Like, what's the point of trotting him out there to get hurt? Right. Um, Fletcher Cox, the same thing. Like, you know, so some of those, so those inactives to me made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, th- then I think here's where the plot thickens with the cover up. Wentz was a healthy scratch. Healthy scratch. You didn't even get dressed, bro. Right. And earlier in the week, if you go back, Peterson said, I want to get Suds some snaps. Some snaps, yeah. So that, again, he tried to cover it. Like, going into the game, nobody had this idea or notion that they would tank. For three quarters, nobody knew. Absolutely. And then it was when they put in uh, Sudfeld, and then you hear the commentators, uh, or or, excuse me, the broadcasters, Chris Collinsworth. And And you know what? They can kiss my whole ass. Sitting there, (laughs) um, like coddling Giants fans. Oh, Oh, Giants fans have to be sick. I should have pulled the audio for that. Oh, my God, that pissed me off. Bro, it was bad. And you know what? That's one of my next points is that, the fact that Joe Judge had the nerve to literally go at the Eagles organization as let's, hard as he did. Let's just hear exactly what he had to say. This is just the ending. Go Disrespect ahead. the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League. To disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win. We will never do that as long as I'm the head coach of the New York Giants. Go ahead. Now, I'm going to say this. If you keep losing like you do, you won't be a head coach for the uh, Giants very long. But at the right. same time, you shouldn't – as an organization, the last thing you want to do is rely on another team to get you into the playoffs. You know Absolutely. What I mean? So you really have to, you know, watch the fingers that you're pointing because there's always, what, three or four pointing right back at you. So you need to do some – in like internal reflection as to what you've could have done better as an organization to where you didn't put yourself in that position. Right. No, no, no. Absolutely. Right. So first and foremost, he can shut the hell up too. Right. Um, you don't want to be in that position. Just like Marcus said, win, win, win more games. <laughs> right. Washington has been in situations where we needed help from other teams to get into the postseason and it doesn't work out. Right. Is that anybody else's problem? No, that's your team's problem. Right. So, Joe Judge can just kick rocks with that crap. For sure. And then also, Emmanuel Acho, remember I text you. Yes. He said, okay, Joe Judge, basically, let's just assume next year or very soon you have the division wrapped up, right? And then you want to give Saquon Barkley 35 carries just to keep the integrity of the game. I'm sure he'll thank you for that. For sure. You, you, you know what I mean? So right. it's like, I thought he would have been better served just, I don't know, shutting the hell up and just don't even talk. There's don't, nothing don't for it. you to say. Hey, Joe, what do you think about what the Eagles did? Mm. I don't get into another coach's decisions on what they do. They did what they did. The outcome, you know, they didn't win the game. Right. You know, our team needs to worry about our team. We need to win more than six games and not put ourselves in a position to have to rely on another team to lose for us to get in. Facts. Boom. So I should do PR somewhere, right? right. No, because it's just standard. It's Facts. it's just crap that we all know. But, you know, he wanted to whine and cry and, you know, the hell with that and the hell with him. The hell with the broadcasters. 
and all of Giants Nation. Like, right. <laughs> so, a few more points before I finish up. Um, number one, like the grading, the, the greater issue I see with what he did. Um, players don't forget, so you have to somehow face these players after the decision you made when the overarching thought is that you tanked for a draft pick for three spots higher than what you would have been, right? Mm -hmm. So not only do you have to walk into next season and convince these guys to trust your leadership, because here's the thing. Doug Peterson, up until that game, was considered by me a leader of men. Not the best play caller, right. but you could not doubt this man as a leader for what he's done for this organization up until this point. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But when you go out and do something like that and just tank the rest of the game in the fourth quarter, like how can you expect free agents to want to come to play in Philly? Mm -hmm. um, how can you look these players that are still under contract in the eye? Like that bugs the crap out of me. And then on top of that, moving forward, like thinking about the draft, right? So Howie Roseman a few months back said, oh, this is a quarterback factory. That scares the crap out of me right now because what if we blow that pick on another quarterback? That would – there should right. be three options for that pick. Yeah. Chase from LSU, Smith from Alabama, or Sertain from Alabama. That's yeah. – if it's not one of those three, I'm going to be furious. Shout out to Devontae Smith for winning the Heisman last night. Facts. That kid is well-deserving, man. Problem. He's a small dude, but plays big. Gets busy. He's fast. He has hands. He's humble. Right. Like, you just listen to his story or whatever, and then I like listening to his parents talk. Right. Um, so he seems like he's he comes from a good family. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you guys draft him, I'm just going to be nothing but pissed. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you're absolutely right. I don't see Philadelphia getting a quarterback. They will burn the link to the ground if they do that. Bro, it would it'll be pitchforks and hoagies. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be in Jim's cheesesteaks and, and Ishka Bibbles like out in the parking lot. They waiting for people to show up. It'll be that bad, dude. Yep. Oh man. So at the end of the day, um, I'm interested to see how this organization bounces back or attempts to bounce back and collect themselves. But one thing is for sure, bro, I better not cut to catch Doug Peterson wearing a single Under Armour garment. Why is that, Marcus? Because he did not protect the house, bro. Get him. He did not protect the house. Get him. Um, he sacrificed the integrity of the, the Philadelphia Eagles for what we actually had considered um, our you know history from the fan base. Um, like, this dude completely tarnished the Philadelphia Eagles name even more even though I didn't think it was quite possible based on the fan base like this dude like it it was nothing short of fireable like he could have been fired like the next day and I was and I was texting you I was expecting yeah. him to be fired because right. I'm like either this was an organizational decision or this dude just went straight rogue and yeah Last thing I'm going to say about this whole thing is, like, even watching Doug on the sidelines, he looked very uncomfortable with the decisions he was making, especially in the fourth quarter, because he knew the guys behind him, especially quiet guys like Miles Sanders, when they get upset, yeah. this dude goes into the media and speaks up on it. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to address that, dude. Yeah. And, like, even in the press conference after it, um, Howie Roseman side-by-side -side with Doug Peterson, they didn't want to answer none of those questions. Like, it was Bad. No, yeah, yeah. I got a chance to see some of that. They wanted to exit exit stage left real quick, real quick. Um, but to your point, so I I actually noticed that seeing Doug Peterson on the sideline, he did have like a little worrisome look, and it was almost as if he could hear 
the broadcasters like questioning his decision right and then the cameramen like they were picking up your players like perfectly like yep their body language mannerisms facial expressions everything it just yeah j- like you said to wrap it all up it, it just wasn't a good look optically it, it it i mean but i will say for those who say if jalen hurts was in the game they would have won a we don't know that i i, I really thought he did a minimal uh, he had a minimal showing anyway. He he threw two picks. Right. You know, he threw just for a handful of yards. Um, it was a very Dwayne Haskins-esque performance. It was. And then just to put the icing and the cherry on top of this cupcake situation. Cherries. Friggin'. They don't get no sprinkles? No sprinkles because only winners get sprinkles. Winners right? get sprinkles. Who gets sprinkles, Marcus? Winners. Washington. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, at the end of the game – Carson Wentz, Jason Kelsey, and Zach Ertz were out on the field chilling. Mm-hmm. Imagine that being your last game as a Philadelphia Eagle, seeing your Super Bowl winning head coach go out like that. Yeah, so that's a good point that I don't think, I I mean, I know I haven't thought of. And, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. That's yeah. crazy. Like, imagine if Kelsey were like, even though he came out and cleaned up the conversation he had with Doug Peterson, he's saying he was just asking him, like, is that something that he truly wanted to do? Right. Um, and then Carson Wentz, there's rumors galore of him being traded to everywhere but, <laughs> you know, the the friggin' uh, Dolphins or something like that. And then Zach Ertz, you know, we've been in contract talks for the past two seasons. And uh, right, we yeah. want to bring him back, but... The, the, the our cap and our, our money situation and what he wants, we're not seeing eye to eye. So, like, to be a part of a Super Bowl winning team and then to watch that same leaner crumble and then this be your last game as a Philadelphia Eagle, like, that's pretty depressing, dude. That's horrible. Yeah, I almost equate it to being, like, a senior. It's the last day of school. Right. And, like, you think you're going to watch movies and have a pizza party. Right. And then you don't. Crazy. Yeah, it's the... It's kind of sad. Yep. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, like I said, the final score, Washington 20, Philadelphia 14. That puts a bow and a cap on what was the 2020 season. Now, getting into and switching gears, we're going to talk playoffs, man. Playoffs? Playoffs? Right. Um. Yeah. Let's go ahead and just preview – the matchups real quick. No, no, no. Before we do that, to put a final bow on the season, I was I, I wanted to get your take on some things. Right. So NFL news-wise, so there's some coaching vacancies. Monday is known as Black Monday. Yep. Um, why can't it be White Monday? Eh, we won't get into that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, coaching vacancies. Right. Texans, Lions, Jets, Jags, and Chargers. Man, we've been beating on a drum, Marcus. Do not fire Anthony Lynn. What did they go and do? Fired Anthony Lynn. Like, my God. Dude. He'll land on his feet somewhere. Yeah. I think I probably maybe back to being a coordinator. Who knows? Maybe he takes a lion shot. Who knows? I feel like all he needed was a healthy defense, a yep. few more pieces on that side of the ball, and they would have been fine. Yep. Um, so now whoever the hell comes in there, and they're going to fix those issues probably, or at least address some of them. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a better season, and then he's going to look like the savior. Right. That sucks. It's crazy. Yeah, um, man. I mean, especially if your quarterback, what, had 30 touchdowns this year? <laughs> crazy. That kid was getting busy. All right. So I'm going to read them out. You give me your pick. MVP, who you got? 
right now, just off of quarterback play, I'm going Aaron Rodgers. Yep, me too. Me too. All right, offensive player of the year. Ooh, offensive player of the year. That's a tough one. I would probably, dude. I don't even know. Like I'm thinking wide receiver. Like that's the first thing that pops into my yep. head. Um, I'm just gonna throw a name out there, and I, I don't kill me. But um, I was just like the first receiver that popped into my head was either Mike Evans or um or D Hop or somebody like that. Okay. All right. Not bad. So I was in the same position group as you, but I'm going to go Stefan Diggs. Oh, you know what? I, I like that. He too. had like a dude balled out. He had like a hundred million receptions. Right. Or um, actually, you know what? I'm going to take my pick back. I'm going Derek Herring. This dude put up 2K this year, bro. Yeah, he did. 2K on the ground. Yeah, he was getting busy. Crazy. Yeah. So Stefan Diggs or um, Derek Henry. And I even made the argument mentally, right? Right. In, in my own head that Stefan Diggs could be. In contention for MVP. He could. So let that piss people off. I don't care. Right. I get it. It typically goes to a quarterback, right? But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been nothing short of spectacular. So right. if, if if he gets it, it's deservedly so. But I'll go offensive player of the year. For me, I'm going to pick Stephon Diggs. And you're going to go Derrick Henry. Now, defensive player of the year. I'm going to go ahead. And I was thinking... It hurts me to say this. I was thinking like a Chase Young Mm -hmm. or one of the Boses, just based on what I've seen. Well, old boy in San Francisco was out. Was that Nick? Yeah. So the dude from the Chargers. So I was honestly, I was leaning more towards Chase Young than anything because, I mean, yes, this is our podcast. Yes, we follow him. We follow, you know, the NFC East. But what this dude is has been able to do from the jump. Mm hmm. And just disrupt things um, all season, day in, day out, even got voted as a captain like midseason. Yeah. Like that doesn't necessarily happen every day. Um, and just like the, the sack numbers, I mean, they're, they're good, but it's like it's not just about the sack numbers. We've been talking about that all oh, yeah. season. He yep. just disrupts everything. Um and he, like, he's he's just a big dude. Like, there's nothing <laughs> you can do. It's one thing to be, like, like like average, like, what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and mm-hmm. just have size. No, this dude is, like, has, is what, like, 6'6", six, six muscles, and, and can move anybody. Like, it's disgusting what he can do. And he can bend corners, and he's agile as I don't know what. So he's going to be a problem for us uh, for, year to co- for years to come. But I got Chase Young. Yeah, so I, like, to your point, <laughs> I was watching, I think it was – NFL films or something so they put little clips on social media so I was watching it and like Chase Young was on the field they had him mic'd up and he right. was like man y'all double team me you can't do nothing with me you can't move me like <laughs> I, like I just love his energy I, I love his attitude um, like you said and like we've been you know pretty much beating on the drum too it's not always about sacks right um, so I can see him winning defensive player of the year. I've even heard some people say he can win defensive rookie of the year. Oh, for sure. And defensive player of the year. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if that's what happened. Clearly, there's like you can give it to like Javon Kinlaw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's there's other players that you can give it to. Um, but yeah, I, just call me a homer, whatever. Um, I'm going to go chase young with both of those. Mm -hmm. Um, so which brings up the next one. Who's your defensive, uh, rookie of the year? 
it's hard to argue against Chase Young. Um, wow. I would say him or I really can't think of anybody else. Like it's 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 a tough call, dude. Right. I think he kind of separated himself from the pack. Like literally everybody. Like I can't think of a single rookie defensive player that played better than him. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. We can go with Chase Young there. All right. Offensive rookie of the year. Ooh, I would. So I would have to say, thinking about my Eagles and how we constantly botch picks. Granted, Jalen Rager is is not a bad receiver. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind going with Justin Jefferson. This dude was, was a baller. That was immediately my thought. Baller. Yeah. I mean, yeah. disgusting. Yeah. He's he's so good, man. Right. He's so good. All right. So we'll both go Justin Jefferson there. Now, uh, comeback player of the year. You know it's Alex Smith. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, it's got to be. Come on, man. Yeah, it's Smitty, man. Um, How could you not? This dude almost died like several times. Came back and started like throwing, uh, like literally willing you guys into the playoffs. Like that is like if you don't write if if honestly if you don't make a movie about this dude, I don't know what Hollywood's doing. You yeah. have to make his life into a movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, just going down what happened. So after the injury, he ended up having seventeen surgeries. Right. They talked about he could possibly lose his life. Right. Possibly lose his leg. Probably wouldn't walk again. If he did, it wouldn't be that good. He's definitely not playing football again. Nope. He made the final roster. Yep. Uh, and then came in during the Rams game and shortly thereafter became our starter. He's yep. been 5-1 and one as a starter for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Arians actually said something interesting. He said, I don't look at Washington as a 7-9 and nine team. We look at them as a 5-1 and one team. Because they're five and one with Alex Smith, right? And pretty much just giving him praise, and then also respecting the defense. But I mean, that says a lot, right? I mean, clearly, say what you want, right? And 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 we'll get into it because there's a fan question, um, basically talking about Alex's leg and and his health and stuff. But I, this has to be it. Right. Oh yeah. For him, I think that leg's taking him as far as it's going to. But yep. yeah, I, I definitely have him as comeback player of the year. Uh, players have even said, even Golden Tate tweeted about it, right? And he said he was happy for Alex, you know, for winning the division. Right. And that they should name, you know, the comeback, Alex Smith comeback player of the year award. If he does not get it, shame on the NFL. Yeah. Shame. If, yeah. I mean, I think he'll get it, but I think there's something to be more, like changing the name of the award to the Alex Smith award. I, You know what? And I 100% agree because when was the last time you heard of a story like his? In the NFL. Yeah, I'll wait. Right. Um, you have to give, like, not only just give him the award, but change the name of the award to the Alex Smith Comeback Player of the Year Award. Yeah, it's like the Ed Block Courage Award or yep. the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Like, you know, something like that. Gotta um, do it. And not only that, but Alex Smith is just a classy dude. Family man. Um, his family has sacrificed so much. And I can only imagine what they've been through uh, through the past, what, three, four years, um, you know, traveling with him um going dealing with the injuries and things like that like yeah it's crazy and i remember watching that video of him being cleared to play and him in his driveway and his family celebrating oh yeah 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 yeah, that like i almost cried at that because that was awesome because after like what we saw of this dude's leg and the process that he went through the the rehab everything and i'm just like 
Look at God. Like, that's crazy. Like, good good for him. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> here's a lighthearted moment. Could you imagine being his kids and Fast. saying, this is too hard or I can't do, like, they have no excuses in life. Zero. Period. But not only that, but what better role model to have as a dad Fast. to look up to saying, like, a shark chewed his leg off right. pretty much. Yep. And here he is, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, shout out to Alex, man. True pro. Just a good dude. Right. So, yeah, he should definitely win that. Now, to round out, like, the awards, who would you pick as coach of the year? I can go first if you want. I was down to two people um, until one team decided to just plateau slash almost tank. But how could you not go with Ron Rivera at this point? Mm-hmm. This dude in the middle of a COVID environment beat cancer and coached a team into the playoffs, period. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the record is. He beat cancer in a COVID environment and coached a team into the playoffs and changed the Redskins culture, which I thought was damn near impossible. And he did it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I narrowed it down between Ron Rivera and Steve Stefanski. Ah, I'll give you that. Cleveland. Yeah. Um, just what Cleveland, just like the football hell that they've been in, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't made the playoffs since 2002, so they're going. Um, what he's done and to be able to turn that around is nothing short of amazing. Um, clearly, like the homer in me would want to pick our coach, but then to everything that you just named, like impossible, you, you come in, there's the name controversy, right? So you're in the media for that. Then the team is in the media for the court stuff with the owner of the team. Then there's obviously you got to manage COVID and mm-hmm. all that's going on there. Then you have cancer that you're trying to figure out. Then we're worrying about stripper poles and booty meat with mm. Dwayne Haskins. Lemon pepper wings. And he handled that well. I thought he did exactly what he should have done. Got his butt up out of here. Um, So it would be hard to argue against Ron Rivera. I could see the league picking like a Stefanski or uh, what's old boy up in Buffalo? Is it Sean McDermott? McDermott. So I could see one of them, but again, clearly I would want that award to to come to coach with all that he's done. I mean, just to see, you can see the transformation. You can see the change in this organization, literally from top to bottom. Facts. So, I mean, if there was like an organizational comeback, like award, it would it would definitely have to be Washington, just with everything that they've been doing. Um, and but, it's it's crazy for me to say this. What you guys ended up being and pulling out at the end of the season is what we expected at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. um, because we were the only team in the league that didn't have a coaching change. Remember when we did the predictions at the beginning of the year? Yep. I picked. I said either you or Dallas. Dallas because I thought you know they had like just a good offense. Right. Um, obviously nobody foresaw the injuries with Dak Prescott, but right. like I said, I, I pretty much picked the Eagles for that reason. You guys had the same cast of characters. You largely had the same players, and yep. you damn sure had the same coaching staff. Yep. The familiarity was there. Yep. And you guys turned all that around in the course of a season and took yourselves to the playoffs through that much adversity. In my opinion, is damn near impossible. Like that's a big deal. Yeah, man. I mean, we we were two and seven. Yeah. And we went on a nice little run. We put some things together. Um, I was even talking to Mario the other day. He texted me and he's like, 
y'all really not that far off. You're really not. You know, you see, get yourself a quarterback, a quarterback, and if, a, one more receiver. Yeah, you're running. I mean, your your running game is there. Yeah, and our offensive line held well. Now that doesn't mean don't address that shit. Oh, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you always got to please take care of that business. Yeah, three but, through five, let's go. You know, and I mean, you get you like a solid linebacker and probably you know like a, a safety or a corner, right? Um, again, and those are able to be addressed in free agency and the draft. So, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really think of, I spent most of the season just stressed out like I normally am. Right. Right. Uh, blood pressure, super high on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, shout out to the team. So we statistically had like one of the worst primetime game records. Right. And we won all of our primetime games. Right. So we won on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We won on Monday night against the Steelers when they flexed our game. Then we won against you guys. Mm-hmm. So um, I think half of it is coaching. Right. And the other half is the all white uniforms. Right. I'm going to just start calling those Deshaun T's, Deshaun Taylor's. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know and what I mean? A, just looking at the greater and bigger picture, this is another coach that came from the Andy Reid coaching tree. That's that, right. That ended up doing great things in the league class personified and flipping another organization um shout out to ron rivera i hope he wins that award but you know how to throw that little eagles nugget right back in there yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. no i mean that's fine i get it all love bro um Thanks. let's get into and we skipped it last week um uh, marcus and i had a lot going on with the show we we're trying to get in the show and and, and and all that type of stuff but we like debuted a segment and it's called Y'all Killing Me. So this week, Marcus, you're up. Y'all trying to kill me? You killing me, man? Yeah, so I'm going to start off by saying this. Um, Just based on what's going on around the Philadelphia Eagles organization and the Eagles Nest, I'm going to start my You're Killing Me Man segment with the Philadelphia Eagles fan base. And I'm going to tell you why. For whatever reason, it could be like a like a player could just have a bad year. Um we could we could win the Super Bowl one year and be terrible the next. They're looking to axe everybody with the quickness no matter what. But with that being said, I get where their feelings are coming from. Based on that last game. Up until that last game, I was like, you guys need to relax. COVID, <laughs> injuries, we'll be fine. We'll right. Hopefully yeah. address some of this stuff in the playoffs. But this fan base this season has been a little bit more unreasonable than they usually are. And you guys are killing me. <laughs> You're killing me, man. Yeah, so for this week, my... I'm going to say that's what Alex Smith was saying to T.Y. McGill <laughs> when he went with the hard count, got your boy to jump off sides. Now, during the game, I didn't realize, like, I saw him shoot through, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, well, what's my guy doing over there? Right. Um, but seeing the replay, like, when Alex hit that hard count, dude jumped, right? McGill jumped. And then he, like, double clutch and then, boom, shot through the line. And then that's when he hit Alex. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Um, so that, like, really pissed me off. So I could just picture Alex saying, you know, 
you trying to kill me? But yeah, I, I just, and then of course, obviously that stuff hits social media. Everybody already knows Philly fans. Like y'all have that persona about you that just, you know, y'all are effed up. So people are like, well, there's classic Philly being Philly. Right. You know, they were like, keep it classy, Philadelphia. Facts. <laughs> and here's the thing. There's somebody else we have to mention who thought they were safe and they're not. You killing me, man. Doug Peterson, come get this work. Bruh, what are you <laughs> doing, fam? What are you doing? What are you doing? Doug, you had a book. A book. As Colin Cowherd said, a book. Right after your first Super Bowl for the organization called Fearless. Let's break that down. Fearless. Break that down, Marcus. Fearless. Like, that is the name of your book. Fearless, right? I'm going to go ahead and and break down the definition of what it means to be fearless that means to be somebody with without fear right lacking fear you look real scared on the sidelines on sunday like real shook because you know how the philly fan base gets down yeah he was nervous as a hooker in church (laughs) facts you can see it in his face right this dude was looking mad suspect and on top of that I'm going to combine that with the T.Y. McGill situation. Mm -hmm. The front office can get this work. Why are you extending this man after taking out literally the projected, the future name of this award, that comeback player of the year award? Like, what are you doing? How can you go ahead and bring this man back into the fold? Yeah. Like in typical, like stereotypical Philly fashion. Like I get it (laughs) with the broad street bullies. We don't get, we like, nobody likes us. We don't care, but don't add more fuel to the fire, bro. Like you're giving the Washington football team more ammo leading into next season. Like that dude's still on our roster. We got to check him. We got to check this organization. Right. Especially with a guy like Chase Young on the other side of the ball that gives zero Fs about anybody on the other side of the ball looking, okay, you're going to come after my guy. I'm going to end your quarterback. And that's what you guys have been doing all year anyway. Like you guys have been (laughs) ending quarterbacks anyway. Like there were so many memes going out based on the Washington football team with like, I know you see all the John with the, like the Reaper and he's knocking on doors and, and just, yeah. just cleaning up yeah that's y'all so thank you <laughs> ty mcgill for bringing this back on our organization on top of the front office on top of doug peterson on top of the fan base we got to get it together fam you're killing me man yeah so that's this week's segment of you're killing me man stay tuned because we'll have some next week especially after these playoff games let's get into these fan questions before we get into the um playoff matchups so one of the questions came from josh taylor he's from the burgundy network podcast he's got a great show you gotta check that out and josh's question was how good do you feel about alex smith's health after seeing him play sunday so i'll go first and then marcus since you watched the game obviously we played your team you can give us your opinion i i am worried because as that game went on i did see his mobility become a real factor and he just seemed to be limping towards the end right right now obviously with a week of treatment and he's not going to be putting a lot on it and all that stuff and they have the little thing in his sock to you know keep this like compression type stuff um i think i i I wouldn't even say i think i'm a little bit worried josh to, to to be honest with you um it does concern me, which I heard yesterday. Obviously, Ron Rivera acknowledged that they may go with the two quarterback system. We'll get into that question because that was a question as well. But um, 
I'm worried, yes. I'm worried he won't be able to finish the game. I'm not worried that he won't be able to start it. Right. So. I was going to lean towards that as well. Um, even during the game, they actually referenced that that leg brace. It's mm-hmm. like it's very minimal, but it's there. Yeah. And they said it's there to uh, assist him with support and mobility. And throughout the game, like you said, like you can tell after getting touched, like especially with the T.Y. Gill situation, like he didn't seem like as mobile or willing to move as before. Mm-hmm. So the task will be to, A, like you said, and we'll get into that later, the whole two-quarterback system or trying to find a way uh, to get to run the ball more or get the ball out of his hands quicker. Yeah. So, hey, uh, Josh, thanks for that question. It was a good question. Yep. The next one comes from Mario from the Zoned In podcast. Let's go. Um, and, and so it's kind of what we just alluded to with the two quarterbacks. He was basically asking, do you think the the it's smoke and mirrors to use the two quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. Like basically to make – uh, Tampa Bay game plan for two QBs or is it a legitimate thing? What do you think? I think it's both. The fact that you actually have to game plan for somebody else that you don't have tape on and then or a lot of tape on and then to have to think, well, what plays do they have that we have not seen? Like that's a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. And then um yes, the whole smoke and mirrors thing, like that's it's a thing, but I think it's one of those situations where you're forcing a team to do extra preparation, game, preparation right. and game planning for something that they haven't seen before, right? Because every team, you know, they always have a few plays that they've been seeing for the playoffs, things like that, you have that, but then to add another quarterback or a quarterback, a two-quarterback dynamic into the situation, I mean, all that's going to do is increase your chances to win based on this unknown game plan, so. Yeah, so that's pretty much what, what I had there. Um, anytime you can make another team game plan for something, it's like us running the annexation of Puerto Rico. We only did it once, right? <laughs> was but great, every week a team is going to have to say, wait a minute, these dudes can <laughs> right. do this to us. You know, we're going to have to prepare. Uh, so I think it's part that, but then also too, again, I, I fully expect the game plan to be Alex Smith starting and we'll see how far we can go. I, I, I don't think it'll be something where it's like the saints, you know, where there's like a package for a Taysom Hill. Um, right. And something like that. I think as long as we're in, in the game and Alex isn't doing anything to lose you the game, then I think we're fine. I think you keep him in. Right. Now, where, where I think it could be a bit different is I noticed what Jim Schwartz was doing early in the game you guys weren't really bringing a ton of pressure. Once you realized Alex Smith was not as mobile, you guys started bringing the house. So I could see Todd Bowles, who likes to get exotic, dialing up that type of stuff from jump. Right. Right. And I'll get into keys to victory on how to beat that um, in, in, in just a second. But yeah, I think Alex starts. I think you ride him as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And if you have to go with Taylor Heineke, whether it's the rest of the game or for a short period of time, then Alex comes back in, what have you, then that's what you do. So, yeah, part smoke and mirrors, but part, like, legitimate, this is what we got to do to try to win. Facts. Um, so that was a good question, Mario. He actually had a second one as well, and he was like, how do you get your best weapons, which he considers Gibson, McLaurin, and McKissick involved um, – pretty much against that defense. So I'll say this. I would even put Logan Thomas as a weapon. Recently? Absolutely, dude. Yeah. So Baller. I, as much as we would like to establish the run, 
Tampa Bay, I believe they have the number one run-stopping defense right. in the league. So I don't know that you'll be able to just line up and run it on them dudes. You can get Gibson and McKissick involved by putting them both on the field at the same time. You can put them in the slot. You know, you can do certain things, but it's going to, to me, have to come from the passing game. Um, I think you, you'll you see a lot of the Alex Smith, McKissick, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, dump-off type stuff. Uh, I I think even Logan Thomas can get him. Like at times, Tampa Bay has struggled with tight ends, so I think you can give him fits there. McLaurin, I think if you get a one-on-one matchup, then you're gonna have to take it. Take the shot. You're gonna I, have to take it because he's gonna win it a majority of the time. Yeah. So I I don't think there's any like. I think. If you can go up top a few times, I think that can open up the slant game, mm-hmm. thing, things of that nature. Now you're bringing in a Cam Sims and a Steve Sims, Isaiah Wright. You get them, even Terry McLaurin on slant. So, I mean, there's a few things you can do to open things up. Right. Um, they're going to have to get unconventional, right? Clearly, Tampa Bay has has watched and or will watch all all the game tape from the year as we'll do the same with them you're going to have to show them something different you cannot come out and 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 go slow so now i'm getting too much into the keys to victory but mario to answer your question there you have it i don't know if marcus if you had anything on how to get those players more specifically involved i'm gonna save my take for keys to victory okay all right cool um let's see to end yeah, I got one more question. So this is on more of the fun side. So I don't know if our, our, our actual listeners know. I'm actually a twin. So this actually came from my twin sister, uh, Melissa. Shout out twin sister. Shout out twin sister. So she asked, what do we like to eat during the playoffs? What do we like to eat? You can go first. Mm, let's see. Anything that's not nailed down. Mm. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm a rather large gentleman. Uh I, so typically for football games during this season, uh, if it's my team, I'm too stressed to really eat. Right. But if like the playoffs, I usually like to go with like a pizza wings situation. Let's go. You Classic. Know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it's probably cliche, but it's fine. Because can't, can't go wrong. No, 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 no. Because no, no, it, it just, it just hits the spot. Right. Um, For me. I make a mean set of nachos, dude. Like I'll buy the chips. Like I'm not that good to make chips from scratch, but I usually Plus make that's a- two time. If you did, man, I would give you the, <laughs> the business. Even right. In, even Open up kitchen, a restaurant. Making chips. <laughs> <laughs> this man's making chips like before before the actual playoffs, son. Like, yeah. like he's he's that serious. You know, no, like I sprinkling salt on them. Right. Nah, the hell with all that. Like the whole salt bay situation. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, nah, for real. Like I literally make the meanest nachos. Um, you know, and you gotta go queso, you gotta go salsa, you gotta mm-hmm. Get, you know you got to get the i used um i could use beef but i usually use um grilled chicken and vegetables and things like that mix that all in with the cheese but yeah it's a process um but yeah that's my that's my go-to food item nice nice yeah, yeah, yeah you can't beat that um that's a good question because i'm there may be some listeners i, I know there's like what three and a half now i think we have three <laughs> and a half listeners um there's some that may be stumped on on what they should eat so right. i mean we should especially before the super bowl we should just break out it's like to me, the Super Bowl is like an extra Thanksgiving. Right. Well, maybe not this year because of COVID, but just in general, right? Typically. So we'll just speak as if COVID doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we'll just give out like a, a big spread of right. what people should do and, and, and consume. For sure. All right. So the last question, again, comes from our buddy Trung. 
Let's go. He wanted to get our thoughts on the expanded, excuse me, expanded 14-team playoff. Do you feel like it's good or bad for the league? Basically, because, you know, it's like there's some teams that shouldn't be in, like the Bears. And see, and <laughs> I countered back and said, oh, like Washington. But he made a good point. He said, well, you guys at least won the division. You know what I mean? Here's how I feel about it. More football is good football to me. Um, because before they expanded it, there's been, I mean, there's, I mean, no system is perfect, but there was right. always these complaints about, well, this team should have been in based on this and this team should have been in. Mm-hmm. So what does the league do to fix it? Okay. I'm going to bring you more football. So we're going to explain the playoff. So anybody that complains about more football and that's a genuine football fan, stop it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I pretty much agree too, right? right. Like I, th- I think it's cool now. Th- to play devil's advocate, there there are those who complain, like uh, the NBA, right? It seems like everybody Ooh. makes it to the postseason. Right. You know, it's like you. Four teams. Yeah, it's just it's like terrible. But you still somehow make it to the playoffs. Right. But um, so I've kind of had the thought process of I should just you pick however many teams from each conference. Right. right. And to say, say there's I, I'm just picking a number eight slots. It's just the eight best records. Right. Right. And if it's nobody from your division then it's nobody from your division. Mm, um, that's a play on it. I like it. Like I've thought about it that way. But then you ta- think, you know. Div- like what's the incentive then to the, win your division? There's, there isn't any. Right. So I understand why they do it, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Marcus here and saying like more football is just, it's just good. It's great. Like more reason for like nachos and pizza and wings. Like, come on people. Right. And all of the adult beverages for those who consume them. Right. Um, I drink Sprite. Responsibly. <laughs> Marcus, I drink Sprite. If Sprite wants to sponsor the podcast, you're Facts. more than welcome to do that. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, how can you go wrong? Okay. You know, and I, I believe what is—is is it next year they're going to? Are, are they expanding how many games are played in the regular season? I think they are. I'll have to look into that. I, I didn't even pay too much attention to it, mm-hmm. um, just because there was so much else going on. But right. yeah, just you can't go wrong. Think about how excited people were this year. Okay, so COVID sucks, right? We all acknowledge that. But because of COVID, we got like some Tuesday games, right. some Wednesday games, yep. like like sixteen Monday night games all at once. Like it, it just, I mean, there was a lot going on, mm-hmm. um, and it worked out to where it's like I think one week we only went like two days without football. Facts. So it was just like, hey, I'm all for it. Hey, um, to me, it's just make it do what it do. Yeah, it's just it's just the best. It's 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 awesome. So real quick before we end the show, because we are short on time. Mm-hmm. Um, wild card, man. This week, Saturday, uh, the first matchups you have Colts, Bills, one fifteen, Rams, Seahawks, four forty, Tampa Bay, Washington, eight fifteen. Saturday games. Uh, Marcus, who do you have, man? Colts or Bills? I'm going – that's a tough call. That's a pick em. I'm going Bills just off the strength of their defense, uh, how Stephon Diggs has been playing, and Josh Allen, dude. Yeah, I'm going to go Bills too. Uh, they're uh, – just keep riding that hot hand. I mean, they're they're just right. – they're getting it done. Phillip Rivers, I think this will be his last game right. um, one way or the other, whether they get rid of him or he rides off in the sunset. But, yep. yeah, I'm going to go Bills here. So the second game is going to be Rams and Seahawks. That's, again, at 4.40 p.m. These are Eastern Standard Times for those folks listening in California. This is another toss-up, but I'm going Rams off the strength of their defense and the inconsistency of the Seahawks' offense. 
Interesting. So I came into this going with the Seahawks. I feel like they're going to turn it up another notch in mm-hmm. the playoffs. They seem to find a way. Rams, I don't know what's going on with quarterback there. That Wofford kid, I don't think he's going to be able to do anything in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do I know, right? I'm just a dumb dude. So I'm going to go Seahawks there. Right on. All right, and then to finish up Sunday, we had the primetime boys. The Washington football team will be hosting Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who you got? And I won't be mad if you pick Tom Brady because, I mean, they can easily kick our ass. Well, here's the thing. I was thinking based on Alex, Smith is, Alex Smith's health, yep. this could be a shootout because their defense is the definition of inconsistent. Yes. But then I look at the offensive weapons that the Bucks have. It's Bro. just it's just like So I'm going Bucks here just off the strength of Antonio Brown. You have Mike Evans. You have Who may be out. Who he might be out. Oh that's right. That's right. He right. hyperextended knee. They so he's so he's listed as day to day. So I we won't know until probably they're late going, tomorrow or Friday. They're going to T O juice that leg up. Um they got <laughs> look, Chris got one out there, um, Gronk and Spots. Like this team and this offense, um, God bless you. Um, and what Tom Brady's been doing recently, like balling. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we all know that what Tom Brady does in the, you know, in, in the playoff time is completely different. Not only that, um, I'm pretty sure Bruce Arians wants a little bit of revenge for what Chase Young was yapping at him on the sideline of that game. So, all right. So I'm glad you actually mentioned <laughs> it, right? So here's, here's the thing. If you go back to the combine, right, they asked Chase Young. Which quarterback would you like to sack the most? Right. He said Tom Brady. He said Tom Brady. It was no disrespect. His thought behind that was, I want to be the best, so I gotta, I gotta take out the best. Yeah, I, I gotta take him out. Right. So he was just like, basically, like I want Tom. Not saying like it. I kind of feel like the media made more out of it than what it was. Of course they did. Obviously, Ron Rivera was like, it's the youth, youthful exuberance. Um, but that's what he likes about Chase Young. They better protect that man. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Who? Uh, so they better protect Tom Brady because if they oh, don't. Yeah, no. Nah, yeah, he's they're going to steal his lunch. <laughs> um, see, but here's the thing, like. I didn't make much of it. I just thought it was a dude who, to me, if you think about it, is like showing respect. Like, oh, for, oh, for sure. You didn't hear at any point during the season, he wasn't like, I want wins. You know, <laughs> I want, I want, I, you know. Head, I want his head on a platter. Or, yeah. or, some, or some other quarterback. It's, it's very classy the way that he handles it. He, he's, just, he's just playing the game. And you got to find a way to motivate yourself. And if you're going to take, right. you, to be the best, you got to take out the best. And so. plus, Chase Young don't care about nobody's opinions. No, not at all. And imagine like, Put things into perspective, right? So when Tom Brady was balling, you know, imagine this kid like sitting on the side of his bed watching this dude win Super Bowls and then coming out later saying, I'm here to take your head off in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. That's a that's a big deal. Like Chase Young was probably in preschool when right. Tom Brady was in his prime. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like he's pushing around the right. football crawling. This, this dude was benching, you know, bottles, you know, moving his way up to, you know, the, the Right. Cereal boxes and then he the was drinking muscle milk. He was drinking regular milk. That's right. Nah, nah, no formula. He was getting muscle milk from the go. See how big that man is? Crazy. Right. But, but for real, like, nah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't make too much out of it. Um, but now, having having said that, so since we're since we're on this um, game, we'll go ahead and like my keys to victory. Like, right. I think Washington has to come out and clearly start fast. Right on. On offense, mm-hmm. um, I think they're going to have to take shots. Like that yes. thinking and dunking type thing. Not gonna work. You're going to have to take shots. Do something that you just really haven't done before. Um, obviously, you got to execute it, right? 
um, I go back to the Eagles game. They did this end around thing where Alex Smith gets the ball, like switches it to his left hand and like kind of yep. dunks it off. Uh, to the receiver doing the end around and he pretends to throw it like we've seen end arounds I haven't seen that particular play Uh, so it's just little things like that like you're gonna have to get creative there is no tomorrow so that full playbook better be open facts you gotta just call it you gotta do it plus when you take the shots right that gets that defense they can't just stack the box nope and if you for the love of God see a one-on-one with Terry give him a shot Give him a shot. You got to take it. Um, and 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 I think a little bit of hurry up, right? A little bit of up-tempo. I, I don't mean like straight up two-minute like hurry up offense, but I just mean get into a, a little bit more of a rhythm. I think that will help you mm-hmm. establish the run as well because if you can get that defense, defensive line having to scramble back to the line, you can line up and run and then you do it again and, and things like that. Like you'll be able to break something, right. force them to call timeout because of their substitutions and, and all that type of stuff. So maybe if you go a little bit more up-tempo, that's something no team in this league that played us this year has seen because we haven't done it, but for a small stretch. So I think if you can come out and do some stuff like that, um, uh, again, I mean, there, there's no tomorrow. You're playing with house money. We shouldn't be here. Um, so why not just go balls to the wall, leave it all out on the field. I think they're going to have to do that. I'm confident our defense can keep up with the offense with their offense, but mm-hmm. it's our offense. What are we going to do to counterpunch? Because Brady and that off, they're going to score. Right. They're going to do their thing. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, but I think the defense is fine. But there's spots where we just don't get off the field. You're going to have to get off the field. Right. You're going to have to play, like Bill Belichick says, do your job. Mm-hmm. If they do their job, each individual player, they, they'll they'll get it done. And the best way to beat a good offense like that is to keep their asses on the sideline. So right. we have to sustain long drives on offense, point blank and period. There's only a few things I want to add to that. Good. Misdirection, yeah. screens, more misdirection. Um, the best thing you can do is to keep that defense honest. And mm-hmm. I think of a lot of, and I keep going back to this man, uh, Andy Reid, and what this dude does with misdirection plays. Like he does those quick pitches to tight ends at the line after a fake handoff, um, end arounds, like you said. Oh, yeah. Um, even what we did um, our Super Bowl season, uh, what Frank Wright came up with, um, with Nick Foles, how he instead of it, like he was running RPO, but we all know that Nick Foles can't run. Yeah, no. So it was the it was the RPO, but quick screen dump off to the oh, tight end. Right. Was chilling right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running yeah. plays like that is going to win you the game. Yeah. And I'll, in all honesty, if you guys can keep a reasonable amount of time with your offense on the field, I'm not worried about your defense. Your defense is going to do their job. Oh, for sure, yeah. So if they can run a lot of misdirections, you know, get creative in the screen game, run the ball, get the ball out quick and take shots with Terry McLaurin, you guys have a good shot at winning this thing any given Sunday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Misdirection is going to be huge. Um, you're just going to have to mix it up. Yep. And – and like you said, to keep that defense honest, because again, with Alex's lack of mobility, right. they can pin their ears back and get busy. Pretty much what our defense is about to do to Tom Brady, because <laughs> yeah. he's 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 a statue right. and he's not going anywhere. Yep. And the, to me, the best way to beat Tom Brady is to put him on his ass, hit him. Because if you can hit him early and often, and it doesn't always have to be a sack, if you can get that pressure and get in his face and 
force him to throw the ball early. Yep. You're going to get picks. You're going to get incompletions. Yep. You're going to get him on that sideline, slamming his damn helmet. Yep. You know, throwing a little temper tantrum on the side of the field. That's what you want to see. For sure. That's what you want to see. Yep. So, keys of victory, that's what it is. Um, so, who did you say you were going to go with to win that game? I was going with the Bucks. All right. So, I am going to go with Washington on the strength of their defense. I think if their defense can score, mm-hmm. we're in business. Right. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay just completely kicks the shit out of us. So right. We'll see. All right. So to wind down in the show, um, Sunday's games, Ravens, Titans, one o'clock. Who you got? I got the Titans. Derrick Henry's grown, man. This man is coming back for revenge part two. Not even revenge. It's, you know, you know what's about to happen to you part two. So, um, oh, oh. What they've been able to do with Derrick Henry in that offense. I mean, they've been spotty of late, but I mm-hmm. think that they're literally just going to be like, dude, carries to victory again. All right. I'm going to go Ravens here. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Ravens have been rolling the last couple of weeks. Um, J.K. Dobbs has been balling. I'll give I, you that. I think they're seeking revenge against the Titans. They you got to think, like, their defense, they built that defense to play the Titans and the Chiefs. They did. Right? So I think this is the week they show up against a good opponent, um, and the Ravens are going to get it done early. Next up, we have Bears Saints at 4 p.m. And why would you pick the Bears? Who are you going with, man? I'm going to go with the Saints because um, Alvin Kamara and what that offense has been able to do yeah. um, is nothing short of spectacular considering the circumstances. I mean, if they can get Thomas more involved than he has been this entire season, I don't see them losing. Um, the Bears have a great defense. Um, even Mitchell Trubisky, he's been playing pretty well, but it's the Saints, dude. Yeah, I'm going to go Saints here, too. I don't think the Bears have really a shot. I mean, I know their defense is not too bad, but no. how can you really stop that off? And not only that, but the Saints, what do they have, like the number three or four ranked defense? They're dude. definitely top five now. Oh, for sure. Um, shout out to Cam Jordan. Yeah. So I think the Saints are going to win that one pretty convincingly. Yep. And then to end the wild card round, Sunday night, 8-15, Browns and Steelers, who do you got? This is a tough call, bro. Keep um, in mind, Stefanski tested positive for COVID, so he will not be on the sidelines for that game. I'm going Steelers. Um, <laughs> I just believe in what Mike Tomlin has been able to do yeah. with this organization. Yes, they stumbled a little bit. They plateaued. We broke them, bro. Yeah, you definitely did break them because they were dropping balls like crazy after that. Like, yep. they didn't know what to do. Uh, but, nah, but seriously, I believe in – not in, I don't even – is James Conner available for this game? Will he be? I think so. Either way, keep him on the sideline. Um, I like Snell <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> yeah, Snell's Cons- turned out as, to be pretty good. As far man. as consistency with the run game, yeah. he's been way more consistent than Conner uh, has been this season. Right. Not only that, those young receivers like Washington, um, Juju to a certain degree, um, Claypool – um, if they can get open, uh, Ben's going to get him the football. So, Yeah. No, no, no I agree. I'm going to go Steelers there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think for all the crap that I've given them and, and obviously other people uh, when they went on that little three-game, right. you know, what the fuck. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go Steelers. I mean, the Browns, it was cool. I mean, they've they've really, in my opinion, turned it around. Right. And, and again, shout-out to their head coach, Stefanski. So, um, but I, I think with him not being there, yes, he'll probably come up with a game plan that their OC will, you know, kind of stick to, things of that nature. But I just ultimately, even if he was there on the sidelines, I think the Steelers just know how to turn it up a different notch they in, the, do. In, in the postseason. Oh, for sure. So, but – 
who knows? That to me could be like a pick 'em game too, because I believe the Browns are healthy. You mm. got you have that one two punch in the running back uh, with, uh, excuse me, in, in in the backfield and Chubb and Hunt, bro. Yeah, and the receivers are pretty good. So yep. I look for it to be a dog fight. I mean, they're they're in the same division. They just played each other. Yep. Like, couple days ago yes they did so the familiarity is there clearly for for both of those reasons i look for that to be like eddie's game of the week you know what i mean like i think it could be a real good game for sure i'll, I'll have nachos and cheesesteaks all weekend yeah me too well hold on pizza and wings <laughs> <laughs> all right well that ends episode 55 this is marcus and eddie with the average sports guys this is the average sports guys podcast Please make sure you head over to our website, AverageSportsGuys.com, and you can pick up our podcast anywhere you get yours. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and rate the show, and we thank you. We out.